Well, it's a pleasure to speak for you this morning, and uh, hopefully I could change Scott's mind about, sorry, Pastor Scott, sir, um, <laughs> about letting other people preach. I'm just kidding. Um, so anyways, uh, we uh, just got back from our youth ball retreat this last weekend, and uh, most of these teenagers over here, I think all of them mostly, uh, were there. Uh, well, some of them are, some of these guys over here are teenagers that used to be in our youth group that are now graduated, and they still like to hang out with us. So that's saying something, I guess. Um, but uh, we always have such a great time at this fall retreat, and there's a, there's a few things that kept coming into my mind over and over again as we were at this retreat. And, and over the years, it has been like this. We do two, like, big camps, I guess you could say, every year. One of them is our district camp. That is a bunch of churches from the district that come together. And so there's about four camps. Not about. There is four. <laughs> there's four camps in a row that have about 350 to 400 kids at each camp. And so we go to one of those camps, and that's an amazing place where our teenagers get to go and be with like-minded teenagers and, and, uh, and just worship God in, in a new way and everything and experience uh, new things. And then this fall retreat that we do that we just got back from is a lot more of an intimate setting, a lot more family-type setting for our youth group. It's just our group, and we go up to Sky Ranch Horn Creek uh, where we have our men's retreat and other things. And um, we just have a great time, and it's really a great place for students to have a little bit different of experience. We get to be a little bit more discussion-based. We get to look kind of wait and see what happens with uh, following what the Lord is asking us to do and everything. And it's always amazing to see the results of that and what God does. Um, so this morning, um, what I wanted to talk to you about, and the one thing that I want to get across, is that we should normalize the Holy Spirit. We should normalize the Holy Spirit. The things and the gifts of the Spirit should be a normal function of somebody who has accepted Jesus. And, uh, and, and I just really want to try to push that point across and help us see it from a better picture. I think sometimes it can be a very big thing, and we can feel very intimidated by um, what it actually looks like, but I really do think it's a lot more normal than what we try to make it out to be in our own mind. Um, so... Um, we did see amazing things happen this year at the retreat. We saw, um, you know, several people get healed physically, and we saw salvations happen. And um, uh, also, you know, we, we usually see freedom from uh, uh, emotional healings as well, like uh, anxiety and de depression, mental things and stuff like that. We see a lot of this stuff happen. But I think, um, I think one of the things that causes that is there's always something incredible that happens whenever you have a group of students, or anyone for that matter, taking themselves out of their everyday lives is spe uh, specifically for the purpose of spending time with God and, uh, and seeking Him. When you have a group of people and teenagers or whatever saying, I'm pulling myself out of my regular situation and this is just for God. I just want to see what God has for me. Uh, we see incredible things happen. Uh, there's something that happens when you have that anticipation, when you know ahead of time that God is going to say something to you. Um, we see great things happen. Um, and, and I think for adults, uh, and well, I guess adults and teenagers alike, um, it really is important to understand that sometimes it takes a moment like that for us to realize that what's available to us, but we can be very intentional every day about taking ourselves out of our normal situation and listening to the Holy Spirit, right? It doesn't take going to men's retreat or ladies' retreat or some kind of a youth camp or anything like that to be able to see God work to see the Holy Spirit work through us and in us and all these different things, it really can happen every day. It's a very normal part about being a Christian. When Jesus left, 
he left us with the Holy Spirit to live inside of us so that we can have the power, the same power that he had to go out and do ministry, to go out and see people be healed, to pray for people, to have words of knowledge, to have all these other things. And, and, and I think that if we can just wake up every morning and say, God, I'm going to do all the things I need to do because I'm a responsible adult, but also today I know that you wanted to do things as well. And so help me take myself out of my own situations and at least be thinking about what you might have for me today. And you never know the opportunity that you're going to have. Just a simple prayer for somebody could be life-changing through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And so we need to focus on these things, pay attention to these things. So those are, those are the two things that I really was thinking a lot about a lot as we were having the retreat this last weekend is that there's so many more opportunities to be used by the Holy Spirit than we can ever realize, I think so many times when we're not focusing on that, the Holy Spirit is always willing and active and ready to move and do things. But if we're not listening for it, we're just going to walk right past those things and not actually see them. But if we are listening and if we are intentional about saying, Holy Spirit, I want you to use me today, then we're going to see amazing things happen. And, and, and not to say like, you know, every day you're going to walk through and, you know, see somebody stand out of a wheelchair and, and things like that. But, but but maybe it will happen if you listen, you know? And so uh, the second thing that I was thinking that was coming through my mind a lot was when you are a believer, the power of the Holy Spirit is way more normal than what we'd like to think. And so those are the two thoughts that were going through my mind as we got done with retreat uh, this last weekend. Um, it's always a great time, and I have such a privilege to be, uh, be able to be here as the youth pastor. And being here for so long, we've, you know, have had sixth graders that have gone all the way through our youth ministry and graduated and, and are leaders. And, and uh, it's just a blessing to be able to see all that happen. And this is the fifth year that we've done this retreat uh, with just our students. Um, and every year, God does something amazing. And I'm always just blown away by it. And, and I always come back with that mindset of like, God, you do so much. And you're always willing to do so much, you know, help me to step out of my busyness and everything so I can hear you so that I'm not just relying on these places where I intentionally pull myself out to be able to hear your word. So uh, first thing I want to talk about with this is that God has a much bigger plan for us than salvation. And he equips us to do this plan with the Holy Spirit. God has a much bigger plan for all of us than just salvation. You see, being saved is an amazing thing. Right? We all, the Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God, right? And our sin, the consequences of sin is death, right? And the relationship with Jesus brings us salvation from that. However, in my opinion, that is just the very first step of the plan that God has for us. And he calls us to do so many other things and he works, wants to use us. I think that's so incredible that, that God wants to show other people who he is by the things that he does in our own life. And we're meant to go tell that story. We're meant to go tell other people, God did this in me and he can do it in you too. Part of the reason why I have such good faith and know that he can do it in you as well is because he's already done it in my life, right? God wants us to be able to share that with other people. He uses people to accomplish his will. And I think that is an amazing thing. The Holy Spirit was sent to us that we may have power to be witnesses to those near, far, and everywhere. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8 it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If you are ever in a place 
where you're saying to yourself, like, I just want more of God. I feel like we've all been there before, right? And especially if you've been a Christian for a long time and, and you've been living for Jesus for a long time and you're at the place where you're like, man, I just, I just want more. I, want, I don't know how, but I want to go deeper in my relationship with Jesus. I, I almost guarantee you that if you're in that place, that feeling to want to go deeper or be closer to God is probably because you need to step out of a place of receiving and step into a place of giving, right? God didn't just call us to be a part of the church so we can continue to be filled and filled ourselves without actually pouring out. There's so many times in, in, in our lives, uh, in our walk with Jesus and stuff like that, and, and in my life, there's so many times when I've seen other people be in that place of like, I just want more. I just want more of God. We've got whole worship songs that are just saying, I want more of you, God. But I really do believe that wanting more from God and wanting to do, have somehow have that next step in your relationship with Jesus usually involves action. It usually involves you doing something for God and with God rather than just being in church and receiving from God, right? We all have different gifts and different abilities, and we're going to read a little bit more about that in just a minute. Um, but there are so many areas where you can be involved in the church. There are so many areas that you can help out with. Um, and, and we're going to look at this a little bit further, uh, both in a, in a spiritual sense. We all have a different thing that God has gifted us with. And then also in a, a practical sense, we're all built differently, right? And, and as we read through this, um, uh, we're going to see this, that, that God created us to be different. So let's go ahead and, and look into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 31. We're going to work through this and kind of break it down. And, and the point of this is that we all have our place in the body of Christ, but we should earnestly seek the most helpful gifts for the time, okay? And you'll understand that when we get to the end. Uh, verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of all of them. There are different kinds of service, but we all serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of um, special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Holy, uh, from spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person, person should have. We are one body with many parts. So in here we see that God created us all to be different. We all have different gifts and abilities. And, and this can provide uh, some interesting situations sometimes where we try to weigh our own giftings against other people's giftings. And sometimes we look at other people and we say, wow, they are totally winning in their relationship with Jesus and they're doing all these amazing things. And, and we try to compare ourselves to other people, but we have to understand that God created us differently. God created you to be you and he created your neighbor to be their, your neighbor and exactly how they are. And, and everyone in here, we're all created to be different. And I think this is a very important thing for us to understand today, uh, especially in this place where uh, everybody in this country is so focused. Well, it appears to be that way. Uh, but uh, there's so much emphasis on everyone being the same. 
everyone is the same person. Everyone should have the same rights. Everyone should have the same this and that. Everyone should, you know, you, you can be whoever you want to be. It doesn't matter if you're actually different or not. You can choose whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. And I think it's really important for us in this culture to really focus on this idea that God created us to be individuals. God created us to be different. And there's a very important reason for those differences between us. God created us to be different. Not just differences between man and woman, but also differences between personalities and giftings and spiritual giftings and all these things. And the reason that we're all different, as we're going to see as we continue to read along, is because all of these differences and all of these different strengths come together to make one whole that is way more effective and way more powerful than any individual can be on their own. And this is specifically for the reason of telling other people about Jesus and spreading the gospel and the good news. God created us all to be this way. I know for me, like, uh, I know I'm standing in front of you talking to you now, but I hated talking to people when I was younger. I'm, I'm absolutely still an introvert. I can be extroverted if I need to be. It just costs me a lot of energy. And, uh, and so when I was younger, I, I did not want to be in front of other people. I would have much rather helped out with things where people didn't see me, but I still wanted to help. So I worked in the sound booth and, and did other things. And, and there's people, you know, in here in this room that, that you have a gifting that is needed in the church. If we just think about this in a practical sense, uh, uh, not necessarily a spiritual gift sense right now, there's a lot of different people in here that have a lot of different abilities. And, and if it wasn't for these different abilities, it would be really hard to run this church, right? God created somebody to, to be on stage and, and speak, and God also created somebody to be back in the sound booth and, and, and do the sound and the technology and the live stream and all those things. And God created somebody that was somehow willing to tolerate all those little kids downstairs. And, and for some reason, I don't know why, I still enjoy hanging out with teenagers, but God created me that way. And uh, there's so many different things in the church that you could be a part of. And, and some of you guys that come in and are a part of the church and, and, and don't, are involved in one area and don't really know what's happening in another area, there can be some difficult things sometimes. And there's a very good reason why God gifted some people in those areas. And, uh, you know, you might, as a sound person or, or anything with tech related, you might show up on a Sunday morning and everything could be perfectly fine Saturday night or the night before when you, when you leave and on Sunday morning, Somehow the devil got in here and unplugged all the cables. Like, I don't know, like, what happens? He just switches everything up, and then, you know, you're running around like crazy trying to figure out why we're not getting sound coming out of places we normally have sound coming out of and why live stream isn't working, why this isn't happening. And, you know, by the time the average person shows up to church, everything's fixed, and, and it looks presentable and everything because somebody is gifted to be able to do that, and uh, they might be having a heart attack in the back, but at least we can have service, right? And, uh, but here's the deal. Uh, that doesn't happen all the time, okay? So if you want to volunteer with sound, you don't need to do that, okay? If you feel like that's your gifting, that's not what happens, okay? I'm just using an illustration, you know? Um, so anyways, uh, if you want to sign up to help with the sound, I'm just kidding. Um, but really, we need helpers in the church. We need everybody to, to have their part, right? People are gifted to do different things. And, and here's, here's another part about this, too, is you might feel like you're not necessarily in the right place. God might be calling you to, to work with the children's ministry, but in your mind, you're like, I don't, I don't know how that's going to happen. Like, you know, God might be calling you to work with youth or men's or women's, whatever it is. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can help out and use your gifting. If you have a gift in a certain area, use that. You know, we have, we have youth leaders for, for youth services, and they show up every week and, and uh, help run the services and play games with kids and, and talk and have those conversations and things. And if you're the kind of person that's like, I have a heart for teenagers, but I don't want to be getting messy playing games and stuff like that. That's just not me. Like, 
Maybe, maybe what you're, you're called to do is to just show up during the beginning of youth service and give students high fives and tell them that Jesus loves them on the way in the door. Like something like that can make a huge difference. And it's dangerous to compare yourself to somebody else and you're like, well, I'm not really doing that much. But God created you to do exactly what you're doing, right? And we have to focus on that. So let's continue reading. We're going to see this emphasized a little bit more in, uh, starting at verse 12. It says this, the human body has many parts, <clears throat> but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one per part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And so we see this in Scripture. We see this explained out. God is using this illustration as a body of Christ and, and, and really the church as a whole. And not just this church, but every church, every, everyone who believes in Christ is a part of the body. It's not like we're creating our own body here at Church of Briargate and down at Radiate Church. They're going to create their own body. No, that's not how it works. We are all by one spirit, the same body of Christ, working to accomplish together to spread the good news about who Jesus is. Right? We all are working. And like I said before, if you were really in that place, you're like, man, I feel like God has something more for me. I just want more from God. It's probably because he's calling you to be your part of the body and do that. Right? So we're going to continue reading um, in verse 22. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the believers, so that all the members can care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. We are all part of uh, God's body, uh, the body of Christ. One thing that I really like here in this section of this passage is the fact that different parts are given different sorts of honor and things like that. And I made mention this a little bit earlier, but sometimes we look at certain things and we think, well, this person's standing on stage and preaching every week, so they must have a better relationship with Jesus than I do. And, and while, like, sometimes we're like, that's silly, you know, at the same time, we play these mental games with ourselves sometimes. Sometimes these thoughts never even make it out of our head or out of our mouth, but, but they happen. And sometimes you might be looking at your neighbor and saying, like, man, they are crushing it with their relationship with Jesus because of X, Y, and Z, and, and I'm just, you know, not that person, so I must not have a very good relationship with Jesus. We have to be really careful with this because God created us all to be exactly where we are, 
He created me to be the person that I am. He called me to be this person, and I'm trying to do the best that I can to step into that person that God created me to be. And in the same way, the giftings and abilities that he has put into each of you are specifically there because that's exactly who he wants you to be. If you're created to be somebody who uh, is, is technical and sits back in the booth and doesn't want to talk to people as much, that's because there's somebody who's needed back there, right? And God did not create that person to stand up here on stage and speak. Now, I think, you know, absolutely, you could be both if you wanted to. Uh, it's, there's no limitation with that. But, but God really did create, and we have to be very careful and know that God created me to be this person, so I cannot put myself against the standards of this person that God called to be that person, right? And I think that there's so much freedom in the place of saying, I know who I am in Christ, and I'm doing the best I can in exactly who it is that God created me to be. Right? When you can let go of this game of comparisons that's, that just steals joy at the end of the day, and you can say, I know God created me to be, like for myself, I know God created me to be a youth pastor, and, and I don't have to worry that, that Emily's doing an amazing job as a children's pastor, and I don't have to put myself to that standard because that's crazy. Who wants to do that, right? And uh, so, but I know, like, I am focusing on who God called me to be. And even in youth ministry, sometimes it's really hard as ministers as well because we look at other churches and we're like, well, this youth group has 25 more kids than mine does, or this church has this many more people than this one does, and am I really failing or whatever? Like maybe God called you to be right there in that place where you're at because these people, no matter how many there are, need to hear from you specifically, and that's where God has you, right? And you can use this in any area, right? There are people in this, in this room that own businesses, and there are people in this room that, that have jobs and careers, and in that career, God created you to be the best you can at that career so that you can be a witness to the people in that career who need to know Jesus, right? God created us all to be these things. And there's so much freedom in saying, I know this is who God created me to be, and I'm totally excited about who I am, and I don't have to compare myself to others in my relationship with Jesus. I can be exactly who I am and be proud of that, right? And, and, and we see that in all these different parts um, where, where it says that some parts have more honor than others, right? And some are clothed with the greatest care, right? So in verse 28, it goes on to explain some of these parts of the church. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in other, other languages. And this, this part at the end, this is what I love the most, okay? This is very important. Verse 29, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So... You should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. We have all of these different things, and I think sometimes we kind of hype this up in our own mind of like, I don't know what my spiritual gift is yet, so I'm not going to do anything until I find out. And, and we kind of like, you know, play this game where, where we're just like, I'm not really sure, so I won't. And that's not really a good place to be. Right here it says that we should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, right? For me, you know, we all have our place in, in the church, and some of them are practical gifts, some of them are spiritual gifts, but for me, when I was called to be a youth pastor, I understood that I needed to be involved in church, and, and that was always, um, uh, for me back then, it was always more of a technical thing. I loved doing technical stuff and working in that. I hated being in front of people, right? But I felt like I was called to be in ministry and, and needed to do something, right? 
And, uh, and I remember very specifically that, uh, which sometimes I think it's weird that at the age of 13, I was thinking like this, but um, hey, the Lord works in crazy ways. So, um, but when I was 13 years old, uh, my dad, my mom and dad are here. Hey, mom and dad. Um, so, um, <laughs> love you too. Um, so, my dad owns an automotive shop, and he started that when I was younger, and so I spent a lot of time helping out there and, uh, and kind of grew up, you know, going to the shop and working, and sometimes it was just sweeping floors so I can get a dollar for the soda machine. Uh, but then as I got older, you know, I learned how to, you know, do oil changes and slowly started to actually start to work on cars and stuff. And so at the age of 13, um, another thing had been happening. Uh, I always felt like God wanted me to be some kind of a pastor or something like that. If you would ask me in kids' church, I would have said I wanted to be a pastor. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? That was always my answer. And, uh, and then it kind of came to this point where all of a sudden this realization was like, maybe this really is what God has for me. And it's not just like, oh, that'd be cool, or I like helping people, or, you know, whatever. And so at the age of 13, I remember being at the altar. I have no idea what my youth pastor actually talked about that night, but I ended up there. And, um, and, and I had this conversation with God. As, as a normal, practical-thinking 13-year-old. And I said, God, I'm really good at, you know, I could be really good at working on cars and, and be a really good mechanic if that's what you have for me. But I also feel like you might call me into being an occupational minister, as in somebody who's, like, paid to be a pastor, right? I understand that we all have our own ministry in every area that we go to. God calls us all to be ministers in the place that we're at, right? But I felt specifically that, that God was calling me to be an occupational pastor. And, uh, and I was like, Lord... If this is what you have for me, I won't try to focus on a career of being a mechanic. I won't have any kind of a fallback or anything like that. I will 100% go into exactly what you asked me to do. You just have to let me know. If you want me to be a pastor, I'll do it 100%. I won't have any kind of a fallback uh, and, uh, and, and that kind of thing. You just got to tell me. And in that moment, I just had this clarity. There was no, like, booming voice of God that was like, you're going to be this or whatever. Uh, it literally was like, the best way I can describe it is if I was standing in the middle of a, of a bunch of fog and then all of a sudden instantly the fog was cleared and I could see the path very clearly. It was God speaking to me saying like, this is what you're supposed to do. And so from that moment on, I was like, all mechanics are stupid. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and so um, from that moment on, like I still actually, I worked at my dad's shop through high school and everything. Uh, but uh, for that moment on, in that moment, I was like, I know God, you've called me to help out and do ministry. So I need to find my place. And I did not wait until I moved here to Colorado to be a youth pastor to start being a part of the church and start furthering that call, right? I hated talking in front of people at that age. And so I helped starting, I started running sound when I was 13 in the youth group. And that was my place because I didn't have to be in front of people. I didn't have to talk to anyone. And that made sense to me. And so I started helping out there. That was my place. And, and, and I know that like God called me to be a youth pastor, but I believe that at that moment, he gifted me to be able to do those type of things. And, and, and it was kind of that thing where, like, I knew God called me to do this, but, like, I didn't need to wait to be used by God. I still had, I was still a part of the body of Christ at the age of 13. And I still had a place to be used. I still had a place to do all of these things, right? And so, you know, as I go forward, I, I, I kind of learn this a little bit more. And God works on me and, and does a miracle in my life so that I can actually talk to people. And all of these things. And, and, and it's just been this continuation of, like, God, I know that you've called me and made me to be this person, and I'm going to live the best I can be in the person you created me to be, right? And so, um, uh, so I've kind of discovered these things for myself, like the things that I'm good at, right? And when it came to spiritual gifts, um, I also know, for, like, I used to um, uh, think about this in, in, in an interesting way, but, but over the years, 
as far as spiritual gifts, I know that for me, there are some spiritual gifts that feel more natural than others. Um, it's, it's hard for me to say that I have, this is my one spiritual gift. And this is why I think it's important to read in the end of Corinthians there, uh, um, where it says that you should earnestly seek all of the gifts, the most helpful gifts, actually. Um, and so I know for me that typically uh, wisdom, words of knowledge, and prophecy seem to happen more. Uh, but I've also prayed for people and seen them be healed. Right? There are things that seem more natural to me, but at the same time, um, God works in every way, right? And we should desire uh, whatever gift is most helpful at the time, right? So as we continue with this, I want us to know that we cannot participate in the things that God is doing if we aren't listening for his voice. Um, I love this passage in 1 Kings chapter 19, talking about Elijah. Um, and Elijah was in a very broken place. And God comes to speak to him in this place of brokenness. And uh, there's a whole lot more to this story that I won't even go into because it's not really having much to do with what I'm talking about this morning. But um, in verse 11, it says this, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast. The rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the Lord spoke to him there. And, and I love that because so many times in our lives, like how easy would it be to follow the voice of God if he spoke to us like an earthquake, right? It would also be extremely terrifying, but at the same time, it would be so much more easy to, to so much easier to be obedient if God spoke to us in that way. But here's the, what I've learned, is that God loves it when you know his voice. God loves it when you know his voice. And when you really know his voice, it, it, you really have to know his voice to be able to hear a whisper over an earthquake or anything else, a firestorm or whatever happens. God loves it when we know his voice. And we have to be able to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And if we're not ready, if we don't know that voice, if we've not been training ourselves to hear that voice, there's so many opportunities that are going to go by without us being able to be used by God if we can't hear it. And we live in this crazy world right now with a lot of noise around us, right? A lot of distractions and things. And it can take some real discipline to clear all the things around us to be able to hear the voice of God. And we also live in a world right now where we get whatever we want right away, okay? Uh, before we went to Fall Retreat, I was stressing out. I usually do the worship for Fall Retreat, and we bring in a speaker. And uh, I had my keyboard set up, and I was, like, practicing and making sure that the setup was going to work because I had to bring it all to the retreat. And uh, right in the middle of it, my keyboard stopped working. I was like, I don't know if I flew to breaker or something like that. So I'm looking around. It wasn't a breaker. My keyboard started to smell like electrical burning, so I unplugged it, and it was cooked. So um, I was, like, stressing out about it. And, uh, and so it was about a week before the treat. So I got on Amazon, and I ordered a keyboard, and it showed up in two days. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, what a crazy place we live in today that I can just be in my house, no, need something kind of specific and big, right? And, uh, and it can just be on my doorstep in a couple days, right? But here's the deal. God doesn't necessarily work like that, right? 
What happens when we're totally used to this? And even like social media these days, the content that we absorb, um, like we used to watch videos that were 10 minutes long, and now if it's more than 30 seconds, it better be a good one because otherwise I'm swiping to the next thing, right? And it happens. We're so used to this, but then we enter into an environment where like I want to be used by God, and God says, I need you to wait and listen, and we're like, I don't even know how to do that. What do I do with that, Right? We, it takes some serious discipline to be able to pull yourself out of this world that we live in today and step into this place of God uh, calling us to be in a place where we regularly find ourselves disciplined, waiting for him to speak, to clear out all of that noise that's always going, that we feel like if we don't have that noise, we're not accomplishing things, we're not doing things like we're supposed to, we're not being good adults or whatever, and all of these things. But really, God is calling us to wait this is a very hard thing to do. There's a fly that was just bugging me like crazy right now. We have to wait and be able to hear the voice of the Lord. And I love this with Elijah. And uh, there's so much more to the story that explains all this stuff. Um, but um, I love it where he finds that place. And after all of the noise and all of the craziness, God is in the still voice. That's where it is. And we need to be in that place where we're listening to that. The last thing that I want to focus on is that when we are willing to let the Holy Spirit work through us, God can accomplish great things. All of these giftings and stuff like that, God created us to be used by that. God created us to be vessels of the Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus left, Jesus and, and God are up in heaven right now, and he left us with the Holy Spirit, which I think is cool because Jesus in his physical person was here with us on earth, and he did amazing things. But the reason Jesus was able to do that is because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he left, he allowed us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So therefore, we have the same power that Jesus did to go out and do miracles, to, to speak words of knowledge over people, to pray for people and see things happen. And I think that that is amazing. And when we can get to the place where we understand our calling and who we were created to be, that specific part of the body of Christ that we are, when we listen for the Holy Spirit and choose to be obedient when he asks us to do, we see God do amazing things. And things that we would never even think of, right? And, and sometimes, like, some of us in here stress sometimes about, like, I know this person that really know, needs to know Jesus. And, and we can sit there and think about, what's the best thing that I can say? What's the best way that I can have, the, you know, the, the best argument to get them to know Jesus? But if we would just let that noise go away and listen to the Holy Spirit, maybe the Holy Spirit has a specific word for that person. And sometimes we hear those things, we're like, God, I don't know why you need me to tell them that. They don't need to hear that or whatever. But... Then you're obedient and they're like, I can't believe that's exactly what I needed to hear, right? And, and the thing is, is, like, if we'd focus more on listening to the Holy Spirit and following his leading, instead of trying to come up with our own plan, it would be so much more normal for us to see the works of the Holy Spirit in lives as Christians in this world, right? Um, <clears throat> and we have to be careful, too, because sometimes I feel like we make the mistake of setting qualifiers and what it really looks like for the Holy Spirit to work through us. I used to think that I really didn't have like a very strong uh, specific spiritual gift, but it was because I was qualifying them in a certain way that if I didn't see somebody, you know, get up out of a wheelchair or have their leg grow back or something like that, you know, which God totally can do, um, then, then I wasn't, uh, you know, accomplishing those gifts or whatever. And I found out over the years that it's so much more normal than what I think it is. Like if I tried to count up the, the amount of times over the years that I felt like I was supposed to pray for something, someone, and then while I was praying for someone, for some reason, I just was like, I really feel like I should pray in this direction. And then they're like, I can't believe you prayed for that. That's exactly what I needed. I'm like, oh, maybe the Holy Spirit was working through you. You know, maybe that was a gift to the Spirit, right? And, and God does these things, and we need to 
I, maybe just celebrate small wins, right? Maybe we need to be in that place. But the Holy Spirit is always trying to work through us and do these things. And, and um, you know, I, I love seeing these things and seeing the way that the Holy Spirit works through all of us. And sometimes we make it sub, such a big thing. But really, man, we just need to listen to that little nudge. If you guys ever felt that before, it doesn't feel like a big push. It doesn't feel like a crazy thing, but sometimes you're like, man, I don't know why, <laughs> but I feel like I should pray for that person right now. And it's just that little nudge. And I think if we get into the place where, where we lean into that nudge a little bit and just let God push us a little bit more when we start to feel that little pushing of the Holy Spirit, we're going to see some really cool things happen. And God's going to do some really awesome things, right? We need to learn to live by that nudge. I like to think of it like this. Are we leaning on God hard enough that if he were to move, we would fall away, right? Are we leaning on the Holy Spirit enough that if he were to start going, we'd, we'd end up going with him because that's how much we're leaning on him, right? The Holy Spirit wants to do some big things, even in this room this morning. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, that we should trust in the Lord with all of our heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do and he will show you which path to take. It's hard work trying to th make your own path sometimes, right? It's hard work. But it's also hard work trying to have the discipline and quiet yourself to hear the Holy Spirit. But, man, that path becomes so clear. If you just step out in obedience, even if you're like, this makes no sense in the world, but I feel like God's asking me to do it, I'm going to just step out and do it. I'm going to step out and say it. Man, it, God does some amazing things. It pulls a whole lot of stress off of your shoulders when you're trying to feel like you need to save somebody. You can't save anybody. You can tell them about Jesus and they can accept him. But man, if we let the Holy Spirit work. You know, sometimes we stress about witnessing other people sometimes. I think we've all been in that place. Maybe you're in this place now where you feel like, if I want this person to know who Jesus is, I need to have like the best theological arguments ever. Like I need to be able to answer every single question and, and that's how they're going to know who God is, right? And, and I think sometimes like we've worked with teenagers over the years and they're like, I don't know how to tell my friends about Jesus at school because they feel like, what if they ask a question that I don't know the answer to? I'm like, that's okay, you know, right? But if we approach witnessing in the sense of like the Holy Spirit wants to do something in this person's life, right? Man, this isn't necessarily the way you should think about it, but like, who cares about theology when you pray for somebody and they get healed and they see for themselves, right? And then once that person experiences the power of God through the Holy Spirit and gets saved, then all the other pieces can fall into place. We can start worrying about the theology and all these different things. But, but man, when, when we're focusing on like what, what life change does Jesus need to do in that person's life and how can I be a vessel of the Holy Spirit to make that happen, man, it's so much easier to look at witnessing in that way and see God do things. Instead of having to try to work so hard to think about your own thoughts about something that God is really doing, right? And so we're going to end service this morning in a, in a way that's a little bit different. And, uh, and I'm going to have Michael play some music from back there. And uh, we've got about five minutes left. And so here's what's going to happen. We're just going to take some time and listen to the Holy Spirit. We're going to take some time and pray for some things. So if you guys would stand with me, uh, we're going to go ahead and get that music playing. And... Um, we're just going to take a few minutes, and I'm going to pray. I think there's people in this room right now that, <clears throat> that really need to hear a word from God. I think that there's people in this room right now that, that need, need healing. I think there's people in this room that need healing physically. And I think that there's people in this room that need healing spiritually. 
I also really feel like there's somebody in this room that is dealing with weariness and you feel like you've been trying very hard to accomplish what you feel like you're supposed to accomplish, but you're getting very tired in it. And I feel like God wants to give you relief from that and just let you know that, that his peace is, is with you right now. There's a lot of different things I feel like Holy Spirit is doing in here. And so here's what we're going to do. Instead of me just saying everything I think is going on, I want us to work together. So everybody look around, look at your neighbors. Now you know there's other people in the room. You don't have to feel awkward, okay? We're going to take a couple minutes and just listen to the Holy Spirit. And then I'm going to lead us through a couple prayers. So let's just take a, like 30 seconds to a minute right now. I'm going to pray and just, just listen to see if the Holy Spirit has something to say to you. God, we just, Holy Spirit, we just give ourselves to you right now. Fill us up with who you are. Give us your power. God, I know that you're speaking to some of us right now. We just want to listen to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So here's what I want us to do. If you are in this room and you feel like you need some kind of a healing, it can be big, it can be small, it can be physical, it can be spiritual, mental. If you feel like that, I want to give the opportunity to pray for you. Um, and so would you, if that's you in this room, if you feel like you just need healing, would you have the faith to just kind of raise your hand real quick? And, and here's what we're going to do is, is I want people, I want us to work as the body of Christ right now. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And so if you see somebody with their hand up, let's go ahead and, and get around each other. And we're just going to pray for healing in this room. So look around and see if there's somebody with their hand up. And, uh, and let's, let's pray for each other in this moment. I'm going to give you just a few minutes to do this. Just a moment here. All right. As I pray, I want you to pray. Let's just have faith that, that the Holy Spirit is going to do some stuff in this room. God, we just give this moment to you. We pray for these healings to happen. I thank you that you give us the opportunity to be a part of a body of Christ that is there to support each other, to accomplish one goal. And I pray that anything in this room right now that needs to be healed would be healed in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for physical healings, that you would, you would take care of anything physically, that it would be whole healings and not partial healings. God, that, that things would just start to get better. And God, I pray for anybody in here that's dealing with anxiety and depression. Lord, I pray that you would take that away in the name of Jesus. I pray that their lives would be filled with joy and laughter and excitement. And I pray that there would be people that have discipline to be able to step up and start doing things that they did not feel like they had the motivation to do before. God, we just pray for this in the name of Jesus. God, any other healings that are needing to happen in this room? Anybody who needs healing for their eyesight, Lord, I pray that you begin to, to do that. I pray for healing for eyesight right now. God, I just pray for, for healing for, for legs and, and, and pain. God, I just pray for all of these things. Holy Spirit, we know that you're working in this room. We know that you do these things, and they are normal. And we thank you so much for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We pray these things in your name. Amen. <clears throat> so the last thing I want to do, we have just a couple minutes left. And I feel like maybe the Holy Spirit is wanting to use some of you to speak to somebody else in the room. And so I'm going to go ahead and pray us out, and you will be officially dismissed when I get done praying. We have just a couple minutes. Would you be willing to take a few minutes and, and just, just listen to see if the Holy Spirit wants to use you to say something to somebody else this morning? God, we thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you'd be in this room. 
I pray that you would just begin to, to, to awaken our minds and, and get distractions out of the way so we can hear you. Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would just uh, work in this room and work in us. Give us the confidence to be obedient. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Again, you guys can be officially dismissed. Thank you for letting me speak this morning. Let's take a few moments and, and see if maybe the Holy Spirit is telling us to, to say something to somebody else.